Welcome to Dig In, the podcast brought to you by Dig Insights. Every week, we interview founders, marketers, and researchers from innovative brands to learn how they're approaching their role and their category in a clever way. Hello, welcome back to this week's episode of Dig In, uh, the podcast brought to you by Dig Insights. My name's Megan, and I'm lucky enough to be joined by the founders today. We've got Michael, Dom, Ian, and Paul. This happens every time. How are you doing? I never know which person is going <laughs> to start. Um, well, Michael and I are wearing very similar clothes today. So if this ever goes on video, you might not be able to tell us apart. I'm the good looking one. Ooh. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm kidding. Ooh, People I might see it. it's you. People Shots might just think fired. it's you. <laughs> and I, I was rocking my standard hoodie until an hour ago, but I had a client call. So I put on, uh, got all fancy. Yeah, Ian, you got fancy. I was just on a call with you like four minutes ago. I think you're wearing something different. He's wearing no, pants. No, He's I fine. You put on pants. Yeah. No, no, I'm full. I'm full brand <laughs> here. I, this is a harken back to the '90s. I'm channeling, you know, some uh, Kurt Cobain plaid. So yeah, absolutely love it. We're gonna talk today about which types of research uh, definitely require sort of an expert to sort of hold your hand throughout it. So those types of research that really require a consultant to help you figure out how you achieve the outcome that you need. Um, There's such a focus right now on making as many things as possible um, DIY, and sometimes that's just not doable. Um, and it's something that we we sort of run into a lot with our clients. Obviously, we want to make sure that things are as scalable as possible and are always working hard for our clients. Um, but yeah, I, I think more and more this question is coming up. And I'm going to start with Paul. I'm wondering why you think this question... No! I'm joking. Go ahead. <laughs> why do you think this question is so relevant based on the landscape of you know the data analytics space right now? Uh, why the question of needing or understanding whether or not you need an expert to help you with the research yeah. is relevant? Um, well, it kind of has to go to the fact that there is so much technology that's kind of crept into the space and the industry has really changed over the last little while. Actually, you know, this kind of almost this question almost brings me back to um, a presentation I did at the Dineta Summit last year. Dom, you'll remember I had an image of Spider-Man wearing a tight outfit that my that, yeah burned on my brain. Burned on my. It was a kids uh, kids party. Can't get it out of my head. Um, and it, it was it was really focused on the fact that the industry is changing so much that firms need to almost somewhat differentiate because of the of the um, you know emerging res tech availability and stuff focused around automation. And so you're seeing firms actually move into a space where there are specializations that they're focused on, um, whether it's healthcare or you know, vertical expertise so that they can actually add additional value because they don't necessarily have the technology. And you'll see other ones that are moving into um, even more management consulting type of places or elevating the offering that they're, that they're providing their clients because, again, they can't necessarily leverage or compete in a technology automated space. And as they, as they start doing that, I think there's a lot more emphasis on providing higher value, higher quality type of work that you can't get in an automated environment. And, you know, for the most part, clients, I think, understand that there's things that you can do 
that are sophisticated enough using technology that gets you the answer you need. But if you do require some sort of, you know, whether it's whether it's a certain methodology that requires specific rigor or whether it's more elevated consulting associated with the data that you're collecting, I think that's why you're seeing some firms actually move into those adjacent spaces, whether it's a specialization or that elevation. And I think part of the question why it keeps coming up is because firms, honestly, they're trying just to differentiate in a sea of yeah. uh, emerging technology. Yeah. It also makes me think about the, maybe we'll come back to it, um, but that step in between. So like you've mentioned, consulting or help that's like sophisticated or sophisticated enough. Um, and there's this idea of like enablement to help you use those DIY platforms or, you know, DIY tool sets or solutions. Um, and then there's sort of those really strategic projects where like sophisticated enough isn't going to cut it. Um, you sure. really need the the people who truly know their stuff or truly understand the category, all of that stuff to, um, to actually get the project done. Um, does that make sense? It, what I'm saying, like for sure, middle ground. It does, but you know, I think it's because also there is a there is a certain level of clients do need to have some external validation on some of the decisions that they're making, and usually you're going to get that with somebody that really understands consumers, really understands what you're collect the data you're collecting, can interpret that information. And while people are sophisticated and technology is sophisticated enough to guide you through some of it having that person who's the expert and can help you interpret that information and help you make the right decision is I think always going to be a need. And I, I still think there's a, there's a place for the, that middle ground of it's not, it's sophisticated, but not enough compared to what you might get with an external, you know, advisor expert. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm, this makes me think of, um, for any of you actually. So say you're the head of insights for, I don't know, a big CPG company. Um, is there, what types of research would you absolutely know um, that you would outsource? Like what, what types of research on a regular basis would you say like, like, so we talked about segmentation before we hopped on. Um, it sounds like that's absolutely something that you would want help with from um, a company like Dig. Um, anything else that you would really be looking to, to sort of outsource or to get help from an agency like ourselves um, if you were in that sort of client side space, I can jump in on this one. <clears throat> um, so, Dig Insights, the way that we sort of segment the work that we do is into four buckets, and the and the first one is is foundational research. So that's your segmentations, your ANUs, all of those sort of big, uh, big meaty studies on which you might then build your business over the next few years. Then there's building and refining ideas, assessing ideas, and then tracking in market performance. So if you use that model, I would say it's that first one, that foundational research where you often do need that external consultant simply because it, they're really complex. They're a huge amount of work. If nothing else, it's not even a skill gap. They're just a huge amount of work to build that, to build the questionnaire, to make sure that it's correct, to translate it if necessary, to program it, to test the programming, to field it, to manage the field, to get that data back, to analyze it, to report on it. It's just, it's way too much work. Even if you have the most brilliant people within your internal team, it's often a capacity issue, so I think you need to outsource it. The, 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 the building ideas, that's where we often do things like conjoint. Depending on your skill level, some clients might want to do that internally. Some might prefer to outsource it. Then you, then you get into the, the testing ideas, and that you typically want a very standardized methodology because you want norms or you want to be able to, uh, to democratize the data on something simple like that. 
So that's pretty DIY friendly. And then with tracking, again, there you're often getting into a need for an external consultant. Not always. It, if the tracking is simple, if it's very standardized, then maybe you can have that be DIY friendly. So again, just that it's that foundational stuff where I think you absolutely need an external consultant. Anyone want to add to that? You know, I have, I have, I kind of almost want to throw in a question to you guys too, because I, I totally, I agree with you, Mads, in terms of like needing some sort of uh, expertise at the, at the, at those meaty foundational stuff, and mostly because it's like they're huge, they're complex. It's not something you can just easily do on a, you know, on a DIY platform. You need interpretation, but like. There's so much now that people just do on their own. Like, remember back in the days when you actually needed, like, or you had a designation or a certification for being, like, a market research expert, you know? Mm -hmm. Does anyone care if yeah. you have that anymore? Does, like, is that, do, do clients ever wonder whether or not that's, like, a thing that you, that you have? I don't think so. Did anyone ever care? It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I yeah, do think yeah. back in the day there, there was people did actually care because you cared about whether or not a question was asked the right way to avoid bias and make sure that the data you're getting was correct. I just don't think it's big a deal anymore. And are you saying that rightfully so it's not as big of a deal or are you saying that you know, we've moved on and that's not something that we necessarily should care about. Well, we've, we've moved on. Yeah. So I think the purist would actually say that you do need to have that level of knowledge and sophistication to be able to ask the question in a right way. But now you can just say, okay, I want to select this question from a library of questions and you can ask the question the same, the right way. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's not like you need to know, and it's not like you need to hire somebody that, really needs to know. Like, I, I just don't think that, I think you're going to hire people that, you know, the experts, the specialists, the people who are the consultants that you're going to are not the ones that say, oh yeah, I have a certification in market research that I got back in 1998. I think it's the people who are saying, yes, I understand the category. I understand the trends. I understand how consumers in, interact, the change in behaviors. And they're an expert because they, they are in tune with the consumer not necessarily they know how to ask a question the right way. And I think there's, there is a little bit of, I, I think companies who are a little bit worried about the profession of market research just completely evaporating. Mm. Um, but that's honestly where the industry is kind of going, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think there's question libraries with like certain standard question types like appeal and purchase intent and stuff that people don't really need to change very much. I think it's once it gets into custom and I'll often see like double barreled questions or questions that just so are, are so clearly biased or leading. I think in those cases, they really would have benefited from some professional support. Um, and cause I see, you know, I see that all the time. So, but yeah. How do you communicate you know, that? Bad information can be more dangerous than no information sometimes. How do you communicate whether or not you should have, you know, like, it's like saying, it's like saying somebody should do, a, you know, could do a conjoint. Michael, you talked about this before. Somebody, you could do a conjoint online. But like, there's lots of like things around conjoint, like to design a really good, good conjoint. You, you know, it takes some level of knowledge or experience to know what the output's going to be. And when you get that information, how to interpret it and why something might be more important than other attributes because you the way you've designed it. Uh, clients don't know that. I mean, is that something that we should, you know, avoid letting clients do on their own? Or is there a way to guide them in a way in, into a process that's more automated that lets them know that it's confident in the way they're doing it? Don't know. I think if it's I'm gonna disagree. Hmm. sorry. No, you, oh, you said disagree. Let's hear it. 
Yeah, just guys, things are gonna get spicy. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm going to disagree a little bit with Paul. Uh, so just like a little bit spicy. Um, in as much as I, I, I always think research isn't that hard. It's not rocket science. But I've also seen it done so shockingly bad throughout my career from a, from a range of sources. Even senior people I've seen do, do research terribly badly. So I think DIY research can be good if you're using a template. And, and uh, you know, we obviously have templates on the Upside platform, but it's not just us. Lots of platforms have templates. Uh, so I think then it can be good because someone has spent, presumably, hopefully, spent a lot of time thinking about question wording, question order, maybe an analysis template, all of these sorts of things. Because Ian sort of said it there, um, that it, a little or bad information can be worse than no information at all. And one of the great dangers of market research is that you can ask the most ridiculous, almost impossible to comprehend question, and people will answer it. Those who don't give up on the survey will answer it just to get to the next question. And you'd be like, oh, 80% people said whatever. Um, and, and people will take that and run with it as if it's a real finding, and it isn't. And so I think that we have to be careful here where if you're just going to go blue sky and start doing DIY research, it does leave the door open to some pretty poor quality things. And I don't, and it's going to shut up in a second, but I don't think the, the designation ever mattered, but I do think quality matters. And I think that it's very easy to lose that. Well, I, I, I mean, I agree with you. So I don't, you know, I don't know which part we disagreed on, but I totally agree with you on that. <laughs> I think you were yeah. a little more open than that. I was. Sorry. Just maybe just a, a final thought on this topic. I think all types of research at some point, it benefits from bringing in a research expert. And I, it's kind of like, as you guys have been talking, I have like three examples I can think of like that I've learned over my my career. So I remember years ago, I used to be a research manager. I was on the client side. I worked for Canadian Tire. So this was, gosh, more than 15 years ago. And I think I, I was the research manager, the buyer for about four or five different segmentations. And this is really early in my career. And I, I was just kind of learning, <laughs> learning this industry and hired a, a very reputable supplier to do these segmentations. And in every single segmentation, there was always this enthusiast group. So we did a, a lawn and garden segmentation. Those are the gardening enthusiasts. And then we did a, a decor <laughs> one. Those are the decor enthusiasts. And then there was a kitchen I wish one. everyone like, could see the the way you're moving right now. It's amazing. <laughs> and, very very enthusiastic. Yeah. But what I didn't back then, and because the supplier didn't know any better, there was this enthusiast segment because there was just a group of people who just answered high on all the scales. And now I know we know it dig because now we've got this really great analytics team. You do something called ipstatizing the data. I'm not even going to try and explain what it is. We can get Joel to do a whole session on that. But that removes that whole problem, right? There's other things like conjoint where you can do a very simple conjoint on your own with some of these online platforms. But as soon as you get into the situation where you have like prohibitions, like this price can't go with this feature or this brand can't offer this thing or, or whatever you have, all of a sudden it becomes much more complicated. And these off the shelf methodologies just simply can't do it. You know, I think the third one that came to mind is like qualitative research. If you just want to like talk to someone a really quick five minute, you know, what do you think about something? That's fine. Any, anyone can do this. But you know, I, I was fortunate enough way back again, the entire, again, they put me on this Riva moderator training course. I'd never moderated, but I just wanted to assess the moderators we were hiring. And I learned like so much, like so many qualitative people, they ask quantitative questions. It, they'll just basically go around the table. This is back when focus groups were in person. And they would just sort of tally what people were saying, like, and 
I think like the key to good qualitative is to be able to like use projective techniques and really dive in and probe on things. So mm. I think almost any research methodology at some point you can do it basically like hey, segmentation, let's segment based on the products they buy or a demographic segmentation. But as soon as it gets a bit more sophisticated, you need an expert. Same with content, same with anything really. Like if it's a really simple thing and you need a quick answer, use an off the shelf, but like a DIY product. But as soon as it gets complicated, I think that's where you need an expert who, frankly, is not, I mean, you just need years of experience to know what's right and what's wrong. That's it. Yeah, I think those, that's really helpful, just like the the examples that you've given, just um, as a way of framing up what might be complex and what might be a little bit easier. Paul, I interrupted you. Well, I was just, I was just saying, like, I mean, Dom's totally right. And I think that's kind of why the reason why when we built our own software, we had a lot of our experience that went into how it should be designed and how it should be displayed and mm -hmm. what the deliverable should be and how the analytics built tied into it. But to actually communicate some of these things to like a new person in research where all they see is a DIY platform, you know, Dom's, all of Dom's examples are, are precisely why you need an expert. And I feel like that, that level of information is somewhat lost or not as communicated as what it should be. And maybe that's, maybe that's our role is to continue to communicate the yeah. for experts to, to the broader industry. Well, and I think like this, so by the way, I'm just totally throwing out all the questions that I sent you prior to this starting, um, which is super helpful for you guys. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really interested in this idea of like, so what is it that a consultancy like dig or um you know research experts in the field like what is it that they are bringing to the table as we start to take more of them sort of manual or tedious tasks away um so when we talk about like diy approaches even automated approaches that leverage technology like what is it for those strategic projects or those foundational projects um it doesn't have to be what dig brings to the table but where do we see that um where do we see the benefit other than like understanding a category or understanding research best practice. Um, like the first thing that I think of, for instance, is doing things in a different way than maybe people have done before. Like being able to approach understanding consumers in sort of a unique way, leveraging different methodologies. What else um, does a consultancy like ours sort of offer? I mean, so I'm actually going to pass this to Ian. So Ian, get ready. <laughs> yeah, move the cat, Ian. Move, move the cat. Move the cat. Um, because I think, you know, I, I almost feel like sometimes we undersell what we do. And I'm sure other firms do very, very similar things in terms of, you know, you talk about doing things differently. Well, the reason why we know how to do things differently is because we've researched that doing the old way matches a different way of doing it. And you get same, the predictability of the answer is the same because it's still grounded in robust research. And there's a lot of time spent from our analytics team that Ian oversees on doing research on research, on making sure, on understanding the outcome of asking a question in a certain way, of making sure that the answer is still predictable of what we're trying to achieve. And you can go and Ian can provide a ton of examples where we've gone up against the BCGs of the world who are using a, a certain type of approach or question method that we can point to and say, you know what? it's actually not the best way to ask this question. Your, your data is going to come out in a way that's not actually going to be harder for you to use and doesn't give you the answer you need and doesn't create the variability you need or whatever it is. And I think, you know, my, my personal experience working with, uh, with Ian and these guys at this company has been, there's been a lot of focus on the, on the robustness of our analytics and interpretation of data and the approaches that maybe, it, maybe it's kind of, maybe it is second to none. 
Yeah. I mean, I've looked at, you know, Dom will talk about this as well, but it's funny. Like if, well, one way to think about this is what are the projects that you get pulled into by clients because a previous either research company or, or an internal function, like really screwed or a strategic consultancy mm-hmm. and, or, well, yeah, <laughs> definitely or a strategic consultancy. And I'd say segmentation is one of those ones that comes up a lot. Like companies will spend like a million dollars on a segmentation and it's, and they are just so frustrated. And then by the time they call us, it's like, can you fix this? And we'll look at even just like the way the questions were asked and look at their typing tool. And there'll be all kinds of like really obvious errors. Like they included questions that everyone didn't answer, but they did it up with K means or they didn't flip the scale on questions that were both positive or positive versus negative, like stuff like that. And it's just like, wow, like they just gave you a wrong answer and you spent a million bucks on it. So that would be one good example. I think another one where we get pulled in is like a company will do a contract. Now, in those cases, you can't really fix it with the data. You've got to go back to field. But they'll totally screw up things like Dom mentioned, like prohibitions, but also things like, you know, conjoint have attributes and levels. Like instead of doing sometimes one attribute with lots of levels, you might want to split that up into a couple of different attributes that might even be binary on off. And people don't think of that. Not even other research companies think of that sometimes. So why would an end user be able to think there's there's like four people listening to this Ian who are just nodding enthusiastically to what you're saying right like yes no no k means for sure wow wow everyone else else is just like (laughs) i am personally and then also people who care about this stuff right like you can do anything yourself but it's like look uh uh, you know, Michael said it's not rocket science. Well, first of all, I think we should call it like AI science. Is rocket science even a thing anymore? Does that? But, One just um, exploded. Yeah. yeah rocket, there you go. Rockets, rockets yeah. are still a thing. The, rockets are popular, but I just don't feel like it's the cutting edge of science. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> That's going to be the snippet. Rockets yeah. are popular. <laughs> rockets are still popular. Saying, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember what I was. Where, you're saying rockets. Rockets. Yeah. It's. It's. Yeah. yeah. It's, you're saying Michael said it's not rocket science. But right. But there is a certain amount of knowledge that you learn either from reading about the topic and or doing it for years and years and years. And for some really important questions, you probably don't want to do it yourself. If it's like like Paul said, if it's an overnight, we need a quick go no go read. Or in our case with Upside. If it's going to be like a just ranking your your ideas, yeah, those things you can do, and you can have automated reporting, and you can have automated outputs and analytics and stuff because they're relatively simple. But if it's going to be nuanced, and you're going to be looking for, you know, deep recommendations based on looking at multiple cuts of the data, maybe different analytical techniques, uh, some some bivariate stuff, then you're going to need a, you're going to need a consultant. And I would say if it's a big enough decision, you probably, it's probably worth the spend. It's like selling your own house. You could do it, but most people hire a real estate agent. I just thought of a metaphor that might or might not be interesting. But it's, just, <laughs> it's like, sorry. Why is that? I don't know why that's funny. You just, you just, you're just prefacing it with, I'm going to say something. It may <laughs> yeah. not be interesting. No you idea. Might, might, well, I, I actually, I didn't want to point it out, but Paul, you did start by referencing an inspiring conference presentation that you saw 
that you had also yeah. delivered. Although I didn't say amazing, but thank you for pointing out that you thought it was amazing. I appreciate that. <laughs> Michael didn't metaphor. see that presentation, did he? I was going to say, is that a metaphor? I didn't. Maybe it. <laughs> metaphor. It's, it's like building a chair where it's like, if you want to do DIY, DIY is like going I'm to interested. Ikea. You're still making it, but you're making it from a kit. You're very guided. The chance of it turning out is very high. The chance of it being a complete disaster is very low. And then doing, uh, doing full, di for, sorry, not DIY, but full like bespoke research on your own is like buying a bunch of lumber and trying to make a chair. There's a very high chance that it's going to turn out like a complete disaster and collapse as soon as you sit on it. But if you get a carpenter, someone who spent 20 years making chairs, very good chance it'll turn out very nice. It's going to cost more, but it's going to be very custom. It's going to be exactly what you want. Uh, and I think I think that's sort of I don't know. I like, like a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah just so works. you know, I still fuck up all my IKEA builds. So even even DIY well, can still I, be messed up. I always end up with a few extra parts, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, I I you should see my dresser. It's it's not good. Um, so I feel you, but I think that that metaphor is is definitely spot on. I mean, like. It's you, like it, so it's a similar. <laughs> I just want to point out. <laughs> <laughs> thank you ian i did not catch that it's important it's gonna you know, it is very right. important it's yeah. it's very important um i i feel like i've ran like i've taken us around and around and around a little bit on this topic of what research requires an expert i guess to end off i wanted to talk a little bit about what bad research looks like um which doesn't sound like a super you know, optimistic way of finishing a podcast, but you referenced it, Michael, of like, you've seen a lot of bad research in the past. And a few of you have mentioned like segmentations that you've had to sort of revive or um, make, make better. I'm just wondering as someone who's not a researcher, like when we think about those more custom sort of strategic projects or foundational research, what makes them quote unquote bad? Oh, who wants to go first? I think simplistically when it can't, it doesn't, not only does it not answer all the questions they have, but it doesn't even answer the, the main questions sufficiently. Right. So, and I see it all the time, like they'll, they dance around it or they ask it double barreled, like double barreled questions are the kiss of death because you don't even know what they're really answering anymore. Uh, and I see it all the time in DIY, particularly. Um, yeah, so it's it's hard to know how, unless you do this for a living, it's hard to know how you have to ask the question, how the data has to be answered in what structure to do the type of analysis you want to do on the back end. If you're going to do a driver's analysis, you better ask purchase intent. Right, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> you making fun of something I did 15 years ago right now. Just it was 15 years ago. Yeah. Not to ask the question. And yeah. Can I, can I jump in on this one? Because the idea of like what makes research bad, I think is when it fails to result in like a change in behavior by your client where they don't take action and actually do something with it. Where like, if it's just research for the sake of learning something like that to me is a waste of money. Like it needs to generate more revenue, like do something to help the business. And like going back to the segmentation example, because I think that's one where we see other companies maybe not do it as well. Like, like Ian pointed out, there's sometimes where it's just a garbage model. It just doesn't work and it doesn't make any sense. And in those cases, we redone them completely. There's other cases where 
another company does a segmentation, but for whatever reason, they just can't bring it to life. So we've been asked to come in and sometimes do qualitative research on existing segmentations, create mm -hmm. videos, create ways that they can socialize it within the company so people will actually use it. Um, and, and another one that, you know, like one thing that we've done a lot with segmentation lately is merging primary survey data with secondary transactional sales data. And in fact, we, we presented at IIEX a year ago with one of the big banks where we've done that. And something where we've seen clients come to us is like, they've done a segmentation, but they don't know how to apply it to their customer database. So that that's an instance where we've been come in. And so again, not necessarily the segmentation was bad, just the client doesn't know how to make it right. actionable and how to actually drive their business forward. And to me, that's the worst type of research when there's no positive outcome that comes from it. I, I would just, I just want to add um, to both Ian and Dom's uh, points. What, you know, research that I see is bad is when the answer comes out or, you know, in this case, I'm talking about more quantitative data um, or survey data when it comes in, it just, it just, it just screams bullshit. Like you're just like, okay, we know that, yeah. that that's not actually right. And listen, it could be done for a variety of reasons. The panel that you use, the people who did it were just not engaged in the questions. They weren't paying attention. Like how you design your surveys, it's critically important because you want to get the right answer. You want people to actually provide you the answer, not just like skip through a survey. That's why we make our stuff as engaging as possible. But like when someone says that, you know, like there's like, you know, try to find people who have bought like a luxury item in the past, whatever. And like 30% of the respondents say they have a helicopter, you know, it's not right. It's not right. And so you have to be able to look at something with a critical lens and sit and call bullshit on it because you know, ultimately that's not the right. So something's wrong. And I think sometimes mm -hmm. the, the something's wrong aspect it goes through too far. It doesn't get seen enough. It's not pointed out early enough and to the point where it's gone all the way towards the end and you're like, okay, yeah, no, somebody I could tell from a, either, it, 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 hey, listen, it, sometimes it happens even internally too when we'll catch something and have to redo something because you end up realizing, mm, is that is that actually right? But when you see research from other people who has provided our clients and you'd say, you could tell something's not right. Like, and they will, and they will question that. Yeah. When you question the data, when someone has a question about the data, it calls into question the entire thing. And so it's so important to like figure out if the data is right at, right at the beginning, because otherwise you just open it. Everyone gets opened up to like this scrutiny of mm, first slide says that 30% of people own a helicopter. I don't know if I'm going to believe the rest of this report. <laughs> the other one is, uh, screeners like and this won't even happen in service research but they'll turn the screener into such an insane obstacle course that you get down to like two percent of the population and then when you talk about the results you can't project it to any known population you're like well people who you know went shopping for dog food on wednesday and they also saw the new john wick movie you, you know what I mean? Like, it just gets crazy. It just gets crazy. It's, what does that mean? Who is this person? It's a target market. We actually only found one person. Yeah. <laughs> He's the most loyal customer. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Um, this was great. I think hopefully a lot of people who love to nerd about research are going to get a chance to listen to this. And as you said, Paul, be nodding their heads. Um, we will be back 
enthusiastically. Um, We'll be back in a week with another episode. Please like and subscribe. We're available everywhere. Apple, Spotify, all the good ones. Yeah. Talk to you soon, guys. Rockets are popular. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in this week. Find us on LinkedIn at Dig Insights. And don't forget to hit subscribe for a weekly dose of fresh content.